Hi, Foxies. The episode you're trying to listen to is right around the corner, but first, we need your help. You may have noticed that there are no ads during the Fox and the Foxhound. We prefer this, being ad haters ourselves, but we need your help to keep it that way. If you love this show, please consider signing up as a patron at patreon.com slash the Fox and the Foxhound. We have Patreon tiers starting at just $1 a month. And not only will you get fun extra content and an unedited cut of every episode two days early, you'll be directly responsible for keeping the show going in all of its ad-free glory. Thanks to all of our existing patrons, past patrons, and hopefully future patrons. Enjoy the episode. So we have a special episode for you this week. Very special. We interviewed Jania Stewart, who is the host of the House of Black podcast, which is a really hilarious, but also like crazy good conversation show about the Harry Potter universe. How much fun was this? It was awesome. It was great meeting Jania and... It was fun listening to a few episodes before we interviewed her. Yes. And the show is great. It's insightful. Um, If you guys enjoy the times that we talk about some of the metaphors in the Harry Potter series and how it relates to race and society, then you will really enjoy this podcast. Definitely. For sure. So Jania will talk a little bit more in our interview about like how to find her and her social media accounts, but I'm going to go ahead and just like mention all of that up front too. So she's on Twitter and Instagram. Both of those are at House of Black Pod. And you can find her podcast, The House of Black, basically wherever you're listening to this show, you can find her show. She's on all the major ones, right? Apple, Podcast, Spotify, everything. Um, I highly recommend that you follow her on social media as well and follow the show on social media because she just is, she's so active, especially on Twitter. She poses the best questions to the audience and and gets fantastic responses and she's super interactive. Uh, she also mentions in the interview, so I, I think it's okay for me to mention here as well that if any of you want to ever reach out to her um, to get her thoughts on something or to maybe even collaborate, you can reach her at houseofblackpod at gmail.com. So just a couple of notes. Listen, we recorded this interview before J.K. Rowling's incredibly tone-deaf, timing-wise, turf BS latest thing. So we didn't actually go into that with Jania because it just hadn't happened yet. I mean, her views were known, but this latest kind of extra egregious Twitter storm that has happened, um, just know at the end of the day, we love you. We believe as a couple and as hosts of the show that trans women are women, trans men are men, and that J.K. Rowling needs to just step off of Twitter. (laughs) You know, just it's I think that her words have been really hurtful for a lot of people. And and I hate that, you know, but we feel and, you know, I think Jania in our interview really took this stance too, that you absolutely can separate the art from the artist and still enjoy this universe. And, you know, I mean, I just feel like the wizarding world belongs to the fans now. 
It has for a long time and especially now. So don't feel like you're betraying yourself if you still love this series. It doesn't have to belong to her. Yeah, the fandom is bigger than her at this point. And it's what we as fans have done with this fandom. And one thing that I've found to be true as someone who's really new to the series and who is new to the fandom itself is I've found it to be very inclusive and welcoming. There's not a lot of gatekeeping. LeakyCon was definitely a place that I felt was safe and inclusive for all people. Definitely. And all art should be. I completely agree, for sure. And, you know, there have been some great conversations happening. Again, I, I just would point you in the direction of Twitter and um, Jania and the House of Blacks uh, Twitter account. But also Black Girls Create is another fantastic account who actually were represented at LeakyCon. Um, and they sort of called out Mischief Management recently for, you know, as inclusive as that event felt there were black women there who still felt that they were not super included. And and it, it's just been a really, really interesting conversation and a really interesting couple of weeks, not just for the world, but specifically in this fandom too. There have been a lot of great conversations happening and, and mischief management was very open and, and communicating with this as well, I felt. So, you know, as always, we want to hear your thoughts. We want to know, you know, how you're doing. I, I know it's like a little, a little insane right now. Um, and the final thing I'll say before we just kind of roll this interview, because it was so much fun, we want to get to it. Please don't worry. There were a couple of things that came up in our conversation with Jania that are uh, things that happen with characters, specifically character deaths, a couple of character deaths that happen that we haven't gotten to in the series yet. But please know nothing was spoiled for Kev. These are deaths. That, these are pretty major character deaths in the series that you really can't live in the world and not know that these things happen. And you definitely happened. can't walk the floor of Leaky Con and no. not see spoilers as I have. Exactly. So just rest mm. assured he. He was not spoiled on anything. These are things he already knew. He still doesn't know how these things happen or when these things happen. So I just don't want anyone to worry. He's still an unspoiled, sweet Harry Potter virgin baby boy. Okay. Enjoy, Jania. How are you? I am doing probably better than I have been for most of the last week. Like today and yesterday have been much like better, I guess. Yeah, that's so. Um, but yeah, I've actually I'm like really behind, but I'm listening to y'all's podcast, and I'm like all the way back in like Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> God damn it! I should. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, this one. <laughs> like I'm like. <laughs> I'm like speaking out loud, like, you know what? Yeah, I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. Like I was listening to it and I was like, okay, I like this a lot. I like this a lot. So I, I think I listened to like four episodes like back oh to back. Thank you. The feeling is mutual. Yeah. Yes. Thank very you. Much. Thank you so much. I was listening to your last episode and your sister is freaking hilarious. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, she I was like, I need you to come back. You're the only thing keeping this thing going. 
You guys yeah, together she, are so funny. You remind me of me and my brother together. <laughs> yeah, she's she's amazing. She's awesome. I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to steal you away from where you live and just keep you in a closet. And when it's time to record, I'm just going to step in and <laughs> yes. just be getting together. <laughs> no, my God. it's It just, I, I agree. Like the rapport between the two of you and we were just laughing so hard. You've got such a great... I don't know. It's just so upfront and what's on your mind. And it's, it's so yeah. great to listen to. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Of course. So how long have you been doing your podcast since 2019? Yeah, just since August. So I think I launched it probably around the first or second week of August. I know it was like two weeks before I started teaching. So yeah. um, it was a wild time. And so I've pretty much been at it like almost a year now. So um, once I think I was doing like two chapters at a time and then I was panicking because I was like, I think I'm moving through this too quickly. And then I was like looking at a track listing for Potterless and just they're like reading like um, the script of like Fantastic Beasts and then like yeah. Cursed Child. And I was like, they're going to want me to read Cursed Child. And I was like, OK, it's fine. Two chapters is fine. So oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been it's flown by, honestly, and like. I feel like I'm just reading until I get through to like my favorite book to like Sorcerer's Stone. I'm like just suffering through until like. <laughs> oh God, I know that. I know exactly what you mean. Yes. And like, it's different for me because I've already read them. So like, I'm not, it's not for the first time or anything. So I know what I'm looking forward to. I'm like, let me just get through. I want to get to all the good stuff. So yeah, it's, it's been, it's been awesome. I feel like I've learned a lot doing this. <laughs> It's so great. I think we we must have started our shows right about the same time. And mm -hmm. I would say yeah. that this year, yeah, it's just flown by. And I yeah. really, yeah. really need you to read Cursed Child. Like, as an episode, you have to do the different voices. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I might. I think I might do that. I haven't actually read it yet. I have a copy of it, but... I think when it came out, everyone was like, it's terrible. And I was, I don't care about spoilers. So I went on Wikipedia to read the synopsis and I'm reading it. And I'm like, I promise I've read fan fiction better than this. Like, oh what God. is this? Oh, it's not great. Like, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> it is not and until great. I started, until I started this podcast, I was like, oh, I'm just never going to read it. It's fine. And then a couple of people were like, we can't wait until you read it. And I was like, great. Because I want to do it. <laughs> so want to do that. It's a weird, 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 weird thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like I was reading the, the synopsis and it was really detailed and I was like, this, it can't get worse than this. <laughs> oh, it did get worse. It got way worse. <laughs> it, it really does. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, what led you to start your show? Like, what was what was the, the moment that, like, took it from an idea to, like, okay, I'm doing this? Um, I knew I wanted to do a podcast for a while, but I was just trying to find out, like, what can I talk about that won't bore people to death? So um, at the time, I was finishing up grad school, so I have two degrees in history, so at first I thought it would be about that, but then even I got bored doing that. So um, I was like, you know, I can talk about Harry Potter for hours on end. So I decided to go with that, and um, so I had the idea. I was on Canva one day, and I was like, let me just try to make some kind of a logo or something it was like three in the morning and then I was like oh a fish oh a bird let me see if I can make this look like a hand catching a snitch so I did that and then I woke up the next morning I showed it to my mom and my sister and I was like was I like did I think this looks good at 3 a.m or does it really look good and they were like 
no, this is actually pretty cool. So I was like, well, y'all are related to me, so you have to say that. So I sent it to some friends, and they were like, no, this is really cool. So I was like, great. So I kind of had the concept before I went in. And as for the name, I was kind of like, I knew I wanted the podcast to be kind of from my perspective as like a black woman. And that's not like a demographic that's super represented within the fandom. And so um, I was like, okay. So I got the name from like serious blacks, like family, the house of black. And I thought it would be like just a cool, like play on words to be like my podcast, like is a house of like for all of like the black fans or just any, and it's not just us, but just, anyone who doesn't feel like super represented and I've tried in my selection of like guests that I have on the show to have them be people that not only are my friends but just people from different backgrounds and just experiences and walks of life so like I knew I wanted to do something this just kind of presented itself at the right moment in time and I was like, well, you know, one person will probably listen to it, and that's great. And then I found, like, a couple of people who were just like, no, it's it's good. I like it. And so um, I think just kind of seeing it gradually, like, resonate with people has been awesome. I had a friend who's an English teacher all the way in Boston who um, she teaches high school English, and she told me that her entire English department is is listening, and they've told their students about it. And I was like... High school students are listening to me curse. I feel really bad. And then I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was in high school cursing. It's fine. But yeah, just stuff like that has kind of made me feel like I'm not just talking at a wall in my house <laughs> every other week. So that's been that's been really cool. That is fantastic. And I have to say, I'm literally not just saying this. Kevin turned to me today and said, that is a damn cool logo about your yeah that logo cover is art. awesome yeah absolutely it's brilliant so, yeah it was it really was a stream of consciousness at three in the morning I was like, i'll return to this later and see if it's as good as it looks like it is to me right now. <laughs> so you yeah. said your degrees are in history you're a history teacher yes so i got my bachelor's and master's in history and um right now i teach both latin and history for fifth graders so ideally, I want to teach uh, high school, but fifth grade has been kind of an interesting moment because they're like in this in-between stage where they're still kind of babies, but they're all, you know, kind of doing their own thing. And most of my students were like reading Harry Potter this year. They're devouring it. And so it's just, like taking everything in me not to like insert my opinions. Like one kid is like, oh, my God, I'm so sad because Snape died. He was such a good guy. And I'm like, it's kind of an asshole actually yeah. <laughs> still reading and um one of my students actually like someone was teasing her because she was writing a harry potter fan fiction but she was writing it like in her notebook and so her and her friends are like all whispering about it and some students are like what is it what is it and so you know i intervene not knowing and so she told me and i was like oh my gosh really and she's like yeah and I was like who's it about and she's like oh you know just like Luna and Jenny and Cho and I was like I have ideas step into into my office um so like it's been it's been cool kind of seeing like my students just being at the exact age I was when I first started reading and like having all those like little reactions and I'm seeing like some of them are at the beginning and I was like, you don't even know what you're getting into yet. (laughs) So it's just been, it's been really cool. Like seeing 
I feel like I've been transported into the past or something. Absolutely. That is such a great experience. I think that's what I love about this series is it just seems to like bubble up all of this joy in the people who love this series. I know it does for me. And I'm new to it. So (laughs) right. I'm like just I'm in the process of falling in love right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like I I was listening to um I think it's like the episode where you were like Lucius Malfoy works at the school. And I was like, (laughs) what? I was like, oh, he hasn't, he hasn't, like, he doesn't know, like, he hasn't gotten to the, no. to the Indian. And um, he was like, yeah, Hagrid's definitely guilty. He did that shit. And I was like, <laughs> oh, he's... I was thinking, like, it must not have been super obvious to me when I was reading it, because I read it, I was like, there's no way he wouldn't do that. I, I, it's like letting people watch Game of Thrones for the first time when you've already seen it, and yeah. you know it's coming. You oh know <laughs> I know. You're like, my favorite character is Daenerys, and you're like, oh, is she? <laughs> oh, you just Not have for no long. idea where that's going. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It, so we just recorded last week. Uh, we finished up with Flesh, Blood, and Bone in Goblet of Fire. So big chapter, right? And he kept refer. He did this like three times. He kept referring to Igor Karkaroff as Crumb's father, <laughs> and I was like. You do know that it's not his. If you if you just watched the movie and you had no clue like what was going on, like it definitely it definitely feels like I saw this like ten years ago and I'm getting snatches of this makes But like Goblin Fire, I'm I'm ready like because that is my favorite. That's my favorite one, and so like. My next episode, I'm like, actually, I'm just going to do chapters 13 and 13 to 16 just so I can get through Prisoner of Azkaban. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, God, I know that feeling. We've had to, you know, Goblet of Fire so long. And, you know, these past like five or six chapters have been really like cranking up. And I'm like, oh, God, I just want to get to the graveyard. You know, (laughs) like, but he totally determines the pace. So, yeah, it's usually two or three chapters at a time. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I try to do. So I think me, my next my next episode being like four chapters is like a big big one for me. And I was like, I don't even care. There's nothing happening except like a footage game, so it's fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the case a lot of times in some of these. It's like, oh, okay, it's the Quidditch World Game, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's like one interesting thing. Yeah. <laughs> so your sister was saying how she loved the movies growing up and then you basically gave her a lesson on what shitty adaptations they are. Some of them. Is that that a correct representation of what you guys were talking about? Yes. So my sister is kind of like a fan, like by proxy. So basically she's only a fan because I was, and I kind of forced her to like, to watch the movies with me. And so like whatever movies are my favorite are her favorites because they are the ones that I watch the most and force her to watch with me. <laughs> yes. So she's actually she's never read the book. She's never listened to an audiobook, but she's only ever seen the movies. But like she was the person that whenever I would like think of some new theory or be reading the books and I needed someone to talk to, she had nowhere to go because we shared a room. <laughs> so she got she just got all of it. So everything that everything that she kind of knows is mostly from the movies. And then I just kind of like fill her in. I'm like, well, this didn't really happen in the books because this didn't happen and, you know, things like that. So but even still, that I, even I was surprised when we were recording our episode, like I was not expecting to just die laughing as much as I did. <laughs> um, 
because like a lot of the a lot of the thoughts that she was having I was just like stuff I'd never even thought of or you know things like that so she she's very much like a fan because I kind of got her into it my mom is as well never read the books but I think my mom maybe saw like two Harry Potter movies and she was kind of just into it because I was and she just asked me any questions after and like I've released him into the wild to do these things. So, yes. yeah. Did you read the books first or did you see the movies first? Um, so I'm actually, I'm kind of young. I'm a little baby. I'm turning 25 in October. So oh, yes, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a little baby. Um, when the first two movies were out, I had to be somewhere between the ages of six and nine. Yeah. Probably closer to like six through eight. Because I was actively terrified of the first two movies. I was like, there's like a spirit ghost, and he runs into someone and possesses him, and there's a giant snake, and I can't even, like, it's just so scary. And um, so I watched those two first, but I didn't really remember anything super important aside from the scariest parts of it. <laughs> so, um, and then I, I started reading because uh, one of my godparents had the, a box set of the first four books, and her kid didn't want them. So she gave them to me, and I was like, "This is boring. I don't want to <laughs> read Harry Potter. What the hell?" So I ended up reading it because I didn't have anything else to do, and I was like hooked. And at the time, um, I was living in New Orleans, and this was the summer that Katrina happened. So when we left our house to evacuate, the four books were like the only thing I took with me. Wow. So they're the only thing I have in my house, like from before I was nine years old, essentially. And um. So they were really like essential during that time as like a distraction. And um, I got, I was turning 10 that October. So I got the fifth book for my birthday, breezed right on through that. Half-Blood Prince had just come out. So I breezed right on through that. And it's like two in the morning. I went and knocked on my mom's door. I was like, Dumbledore is dead. And she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's just so sad. You know, and then so. By the time I had actively like caught up to all of the books and everything, the seventh book wasn't out yet, and the fourth movie had just come out. I begged my dad to take me to see it. He slept through the entire thing. No. Um, <laughs> yes, he was audibly snoring in the theater, and I was like, "Christ!" So I I got kind of deep into it. I I think I did like um, when the seventh book came out. I got it and read it in like five or six hours, and my mom just like poked me. <laughs> She's like, you good? You need me? <laughs> Just checking in. Um, Just, you know. Yeah, it's kind of been like I I grew up with it, and then as the movies were finishing up, was when I was you know in high school and all of that stuff, and so like it very much feels like it's this enormous part of my life. So um, so yeah, I've, I've it's been around. <laughs> it's been around for a while, and it's obviously a personality trait at this point. I love it. I love it. And you're a Slytherin, correct? I am. So that was mostly born out of me, like, not trying to be super mainstream at first. I kind of want to be a Gryffindor. That's what everybody is. Of course. Um, and when the, fir- when the first iteration of the Pottermore website came out, back when it was like, you had to be, like, approved to be a beta person for it, I was like, Oh, I have to, you know, I, I was on it. And so the very first test I took said I was a Ravenclaw. And I was like, okay. But then I took another test again once they updated it and I got Slytherin. And then when they made the newer version, I took, I made like three email addresses. And I was like, let me make sure. <laughs> and I got Slytherin all three times. And I was like, well, okay then. So, um, 
so yeah so like i that's that's my thing i like to say i'm like a slytherin sun sign with like a ravenclaw moon or something like oh, that i, I try that. to take like the astrology approach to it yeah. yes i love that yeah i often say that i'm a hufflepuff with a hufflepuff rising because like i just yeah. don't think there's a secondary house there <laughs> <laughs> yeah well like, for me i think i tend to view them as like I think that like Gryffindor and Hufflepuff are really two sides of the same coin and mm-hmm. Slytherin and Ravenclaw are two sides of the same coin. Like they're more similar yeah. than they are different. So as far as I'm concerned, there's really, it's kind of like there's two like categories and then like two subcategories within those, I guess. Yes. Um, but yeah, I was adamant. Like once I got in, I was like, boom, I'm Slytherin. That's it. I don't want to hear anything else. I don't want to. <laughs> that's me. I love it. That's fantastic. I I wonder, you know, I I would love your thoughts about, you had mentioned, you know, being very underrepresented in this series. And as a fan, it's admittedly, it's incredibly hard for me to imagine not being able to, you know, identify in that way with characters. I mean, that's, that's kind of like my sort of advantage and privilege approaching this series. I, I feel like you have a much more creative job up here um Mm -hmm. you know to connect with it and you know I don't know like what my question is I just would love to hear your words about that um so in reading the books as a kid I kind of I think at the time I was able to imagine just the main three characters because there were already movies about them at the time so I was like boom but everyone else I kind of had to just like figure it out um, and so what I notice now as an adult reading is that a lot of people's descriptions are not specified at all. Right. So right. like, at all. and so, um, like, so at that point I was just kind of like, okay, so it seems kind of as if JK Rowling took this approach of like, I don't have to mention it because it's, it's the UK. So probably everyone assumes that they're white. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also on the flip side of that, like, I'm I'm reading a lot of these descriptions and I'm like, I don't know, I think Carrie's probably not white, you know, like mm-hmm. there's lots of, uh, I think I've said this before on my podcast, but there's a lot of times where he's having a dream about Voldemort, especially in like the fourth and fifth book, where he makes it a point to describe how pale Voldemort is in comparison to him. Right. And I'm like, if y'all are both white, there's no need to make that distinction. Right. That's <laughs> yeah, so yeah. true. <gasps> That's so yeah, true. and I read that into like, you know, how the Dursleys treat him as if anyone could look at him and know that he's automatically different from them. If he were white, they too are also white. No one can look and tell that there's something right. wrong, that there's something different about him that's not like them. Sure. And so um, I, I think as an adult, it's kind of been up to me to kind of like, read my own read my own things into the series and um I was able to kind of see it more clearly through the movies and the books because in the movies there's like across all seven movies the total screen time of people with people people of color and black people saying anything at all amounts to seven minutes out of all eight movies yeah there's only seven minutes of dialogue that are said by black people and people of color wow so you know, like realizing that, like I remember in the third and fourth movies, I'm like, oh, oh, there's a black person. Oh my <laughs> you know, god, like, yeah. Uh, like even my dad, who could care less about this entire thing, like he he was watching it with me, and he was like, huh, there's black people in here. I was like, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's just been like it's kind of been like a moment like that, and 
now that I'm older and I watch lots of British television, I'm like, well, this isn't very accurate because there's lots of, you know, it's a lot like America. Like there's lots of people of color and black people everywhere. So um, that kind of, for me, that affects my readings because it causes me to kind of like look into what other, what other things are at play along with someone's race and along with other things um, that affect like the context of a, of a character, you know, like for me, the context of Harry as a character is deepened if I consider him to be not white. Uh-huh. It makes a lot of things about how he's treated by his family make so much more sense. Absolutely. Um, when I read Hermione as being black, it definitely adds a lot of depth to a person who's fighting for house elves to be recognized as free people. And, you know, like yes. it makes, it just kind of adds more, I think, to a lot of different characters. So I think the freedom as an adult is having like the ability to know different words and know what things mean and be able to kind of connect the dots in a way that even if the author has not intended it to be like this deep, that I'm able to kind of read and have that experience for myself. Oh, that's yeah. That's what I'm finding. Like we're just at the end of Goblet of Fire and I'm really am falling in love with the series because it's whatever you bring to it, which is like a lot of things, but, I think because it's like young adult literature, you know what I mean? It's not like so complicated that you um, that you can't bring whatever you want to to it. But right. one thing I wanted to ask you is because I'm reading this as a 41-year-old man for the first time. <laughs> like I've seen chunks of the movies and stuff, but I'm pretty clueless overall, like what's going on. And I was talking to a friend of mine, Jackie, who's a big fan too. and she was telling me when she was a little kid growing up, it was just like a fantasy story. It was just a fun story. And then as she got older, going back and reading them and going back and watching the movies, that's when she started to see all of the metaphor and power dynamics and all that stuff. And uh, I also wondered if you being a history major, if you were able to bring in an even different context because of your knowledge of history and how things have gone historically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I There were a lot of things that I picked up on that maybe I didn't notice before. So like one of the biggest things is that um, there's a character in the book series, Angelina Johnson, and there's some point, I can't remember if it's like the third or fourth book, but she has braids and one of the Slytherins tell her, tells her that it looks like she has worms crawling out of her scalp. And I never, like, when I was younger, I was like, that sounds like that would be gross. But I didn't pick up on it that the reason why is that she was literally, like, making fun of her hair. And so, like, as an adult, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, well, I get that now, you know. Um, But also, I think of the bigger themes of, especially right now, and this is why I'm, like, ready to speed through the Goblet of Fire and and Order of the Phoenix, because I think that one is most relevant to what's all happening at the moment. Definitely. thinking about characters like Sirius Black who are, you know, in prison for over a decade for something that they didn't do. And not only didn't do, they didn't get a a trial. So there was no kind of, you know, no, nothing like that. Um, Me and my sister came to a conclusion on the episode I did with her that the people that we do see get a trial tend to be people with money. And Sirius Black was disowned by his family at the time. So of course he doesn't get a trial. There's no one who cares about him to make sure he does. Um, And that definitely translates to, you know, people in jail with high bails. They can't afford to get out of 
out of prison, people being kind of pushed into this prison industrial complex of just, we don't care who's in here, what they did or didn't do. We just need people in here. Um, seeing especially like the government in Harry Potter be just absolutely useless. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> also very like arbitrary and who and, and how people get punished for certain things and like who who has to follow rules and who doesn't and, you know, what things get waved off and what things don't. And so one of the things that is especially like <clears throat> really clear to me is like in the third book, uh, when Harry accidentally blows up his aunt, the minister of magic, who's like the the equivalent of like the president, essentially, tells him like, don't worry, it's fine. You don't have anything to worry about. But in the fifth book, him and his administration are actively demonizing a child because they don't believe what he's saying about someone dying in front of him. Right. And because they don't believe him, they decide to discredit him and anyone who anyone who does believe him. And I think that that is so like relevant <laughs> right yeah. now. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so like. I think as a history major, as someone who has to kind of study these kinds of themes, you know, it's, it's more obvious to me now, not just as an adult who's aware of like current events, but just as someone who already has to look for stuff like this in documents and sources where it may not be explicitly stated. Definitely. Wow. Well said. Very well said. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, how about this? Where can people find your show? Um, it is available on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on Stitcher, and probably some smaller uh, podcast websites too. I know for sure it's on those main three. And um, I'm working on getting them posted on a regular day of the week. But um, since I've been teaching for the first, this is my first year teaching, I kind of just, I was like, it's going to go up every week. Which day? <laughs> Who can say? But um, I'm trying to get more regular about that. But they are all available on those sites, and you can follow me on Twitter at House of Black Pod. And I just made an Instagram Yay! yesterday. Oh my gosh! Okay, <laughs> I'm like definitely jumping on that as soon as we get off here. Yes, I, yes, just made an Instagram yesterday, and um, it's also House of Black Pod. And I always want to have different guests on whenever. So if that is anything that sounds like it would be cool to anyone listening, um, you can either send me a DM on Twitter or email me at houseofblackpod at gmail.com. So just, I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I have enjoyed making it. And yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I, and I, I have to say, I have really loved seeing everything that you're tweeting and retweeting over the past year or so, you know, cause I, I know that we kind of followed each other. I think when we were both starting yeah. out and I just remember kind of looking at your profile and I loved the name of your show. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is like a, a community. Like we're kind of building like a little community and mm -hmm. that has definitely stayed. I, I look forward to every post you make. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Like I've, I've been listening to y'all's podcast and I'm just like, this is gold. Listening in the car and I'm reacting. I'm like, right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's been, it's been really cool. And, um, actually have started listening to more Harry Potter podcasts. I had no clue that so many were like out there. Yeah. Um, 
until like now half of my half of my podcasts that I follow on Spotify are like Harry Potter related in some way. Um, so yeah, it's been cool just to realize that there's like a subset of people that also can talk about this for hours like I can. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, like I know most of our episodes end up being about an hour to an hour and a half, but like before I cut a lot of stuff out, they're usually like yeah. two, two and a half hours. It also yeah. depends yeah. on if we've been drinking <laughs> bourbon or not. <laughs> yeah, that too. I have guests on. That's normally when I know they're going to be about an hour 15 to an hour and a half. Um, I think the only episode I've had that was uh, maybe two hours was, <laughs> I think it was my last episode of Chamber of Secrets, the mystery basement dead people area. <laughs> and that's probably, that's probably my absolute favorite episode that I've recorded because just listening back, I'm like, man, there is some good stuff in here. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think I, I, I personally never try to like, edit anything down mainly because i'm in and out 45 minutes to 50 minutes and you know that's pretty much it sure. um and i think for me my whole goal with my podcast is for it to feel like it's a conversation like i want it to feel like these random conversations i've had with my friends about different stuff as we were reading and um i never wanted to feel like super formal i guess um, like I always want the person listening to it to be like, oh, okay, I never thought about that, you know, or just be like, if this feels like when I'm listening in my car, it feels like the person is like in the back seat and we're just talking about this, you know. Yeah, those um, are the best. But yeah, so if you don't want to listen to the first one because it is very spoiler heavy, I don't know if it's, I don't know if that's been clear yet, but I assume that people have already read it. Yeah, <laughs> so it's listening. it's been out long enough at this point. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> It's been out long enough, um, especially in my first episode. So please don't listen to the first episode if you have not read the book. Okay. The yeah. Thanks for the heads up on that one. <laughs> yeah, we had an <laughs> overview moment. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of the approach that I take to it is for it to feel just like authentic, for it to just feel very, very chill, very relatable, very accessible. I wonder if, and, and I, I'm being like super presumptuous here, but I wonder if there's something, so like with us being at the end of Goblet of Fire, is there something that you know that is either a certain character that we're going to meet or a certain event without saying it that you want, that you have a lot of things to say about that maybe we could do this again when we reach that point? Um. Yes. So it's coming to me for Order of the Phoenix that there is going to be how can I phrase this? There's gonna be a field trip to a location um mm -hmm. <laughs> that is going to involve um other people making a field trip to this location. Sure. And various major things happen. <laughs> and so whenever you get to that point <laughs> Say no let more. Me know. Wow, I'm excited <laughs> now. <laughs> Yeah, that is like the most, that's the most that I can say with that. Like, I, I can't even say like another word that would just. <laughs> of course, of course, I got you. The most bare bones thing that I could say about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Cool. And if you, you know, this, this has been wonderful, you know, for us. And if you'd be willing, we'd love, 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 love to have you back on the show talking about when we get into some of the nitty gritty stuff <laughs> yeah yeah i'm excited uh, yeah, i love i love that stuff yes 
Oh, it's starting to look bleak now. Now that Voldemort has risen up out of the little Halloween cauldron. Oh yeah, trust me, it only gets worse from here. That's what everyone keeps telling me. <laughs> like the fifth, the fifth book is almost like this weird, like everyone's in shock and like can't believe kind of thing. So you know, to me, it's like 2016, 2017 is yes. sort of the phoenix. Yeah, um, yes. and then Half Prince is like you know 2018, where we're like, holy shit, this is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, summer 2019. And book seven is right now. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Book seven's We're 2020. We're in the Deathly Hollows right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I really We're think- in like that section of Deathly Hollows where like there has been no final battle. There's been no. There's there. They're still in the woods camping out. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is still in the in the in the bad shit. Right. So. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so true. Oh my God, Jania, thank you so so so. Yeah. Thanks. So, so awesome much. talking to you. Yes, thank you guys for having me. I love your show, and I can't, literally cannot stop listening. Oh, so. good. Thank you. Same. We love your show as well. Thanks and for teaching kids, too. Yeah, no kidding. And It's not an easy yeah. job, I know. I hope that you won't yeah. hesitate to let us know if there's any single way that we can help, that we can support you, that we can send love to you. Um, please just don't even hesitate for a second. Thank you. I appreciate that. Of course. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, for sure. Have fun with your guys' recording. I'm looking forward to listening to it probably in maybe three or four days. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Bye, Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Have a good night. Thank you. You too. And that does it for us this week. As always, please remember to subscribe, rate, review, follow us on social media at the Fox and the Foxhound on Instagram, at Fox and Foxhound, know these on Twitter. And check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash the Fox and the Foxhound. If you're wondering how to be effective during this time, especially if you're like us in a position of being a white ally, please do your research on how to be an effective ally. By no means am I saying that we have all the answers. We're still learning too. But I think the biggest thing that we can do to help and support the Black community right now is to educate ourselves and to listen to the members of the Black community when they tell us what they need from us. So if you're ever in need of more specific resources, we're really going to try and push a lot more out there through social media for you guys in the coming days and weeks. But you're always welcome to just reach out to us and ask us and we'll share with you what we know. That may be a pretty limited amount of knowledge in the grand scheme of things, but we will always share with you what we know. We are planning on resuming quote unquote normal operations next week in terms of, you know, kind of picking back up with Goblet of Fire. But Just know that we stand with the Black community. Black lives matter. Trans lives matter. At any rate, that's enough of my voice. Really hope that you enjoyed the interview with Jania. We want to really just thank her so much for taking this time and talking with us. We had such a good time. And we just feel like we've made a new friend with her. And thank you to all of you listening. Thank you to all of our patrons. We love you guys. We'll be back next week.